This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. This is a dream. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little ticked at my parents because I grew up uh, in, in uh, Meaford, Ontario, in, in uh, uh, the northern part of Ontario. And I feel like I, I'm a little ticked at my parents today. I feel like I, a little bit like I got gypped because, I mean, I spent my whole life going to Florida. And I never, ever got a chance to see Canada. And so this is our first time out to the East Coast. And I got to tell you, this is absolutely a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And uh, we got a chance to see Peggy's Cove. We, we got a chance to see a lot of your uh, Canadian history that, that we weren't really aware of. We, we knew about, about Halifax and the fires. We knew about some of those things. We got a chance to walk your harbor front, and it is just beautiful. And I know sometimes you, you take it for granted because you're kind of always here, but let me tell you, you need to really enjoy your city. You need to enjoy this land because it really, really is beautiful. A couple of years ago, I was introduced to your pastor, Mike, and over the time that I've gotten to know your pastor and all of the things that, you know, that make people want to brag about him or Nova Church, I got to tell you, it's his genuine heart. It's his love and his compassion for people that impressed me the most about his uh, life. Forget, forget all the cool, and yet, oh my, isn't he cool? <laughs> I mean, he is, he's got to be like one of the coolest pastors I've ever met. In fact, I have to tell you, I was really nervous. It took me a couple of days going through my wardrobe wondering what I was going to wear today. <laughs> to see if I could be somehow, I could just get a little bit of the cool of, of, of Pastor Mike. In fact, I was so relieved because I knew that he likes those white hangy t-shirts. So I, I went out and bought one of those hangy white t-shirts and I wore it. And, and, and so when he picked us up at the airport and he, of course, he had the white shirt on and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm looking at him and then we get to the hotel, and he leaves us, and, and we're going up in the elevator. You know, elevators are all mirrored. And I'm turning, and I'm facing the mirror, and I'm looking, and, and Cheryl's kind of there, and I kind of look in the mirror, and I went, I, I, I don't look like Mike, do I? <laughs> she puts her hand on my shoulder, and she goes, I love you, honey, that's Okay. And this weekend, we got a chance to meet Nancy. And Nancy, I've heard so much about you. Mike talks about you all the time. What a wonderful family. And Josh and Maddie, I mean, Cheryl and I have been just so, so impressed and blessed. Let me tell you, folks, ministry, fruitful ministry, comes with an all-in family. And I can tell you, their family is all-in they are part of this entire dream. And you need to remember that. You need to honor that. You need to care for that. Because I can tell you, the secret, the greatest secret to the blessing of God comes in direct proportion to the way you honor and care for his family. So I want to encourage you in the years to come, you need to cherish your pastors. Because it will, it will form the foundation of where you will go in the years to come. You're coming into your one year. And it's so easy for you to get to this year and go, Hey, you know what? We got momentum. We're, you know, gateway, we're, we're, we're Nova. We're growing. Everything is, is all good. You are on the precipice now of what it means to start doing the hard work. I know you think you've done the hard work. Let me tell you, the hard work is just going to get harder now because now you've got all of this momentum. But what's next? 
And so I want to encourage you that you and your leadership team, Cheryl and I got a chance to meet them, and it was just absolutely wonderful to, to meet all of them. And as well, I want to try to do something here today. I don't know whether I can get this going here today, but uh, I want to say hi to my Gateway family from here to you. And so we're going to start this live and see if I can make this happen. And uh, we're going to try to do this here. Good morning, Gateway Church. I'm talking to you live from Nova Church. Everybody say hi. And we are so excited to be here with Pastor Mike and Nancy. They are here. There you go. And we are just so excited to be in partnership with Nova Church on behalf of the leadership team of Gateway Church. We are so honored to be a part of Nova Church and to believe with you for great things to transform the Maritimes. And we believe that God is up to something very powerful and special. So God bless you on behalf of Gateway Church. We love you today and we stand with you and looking forward to being back with you next Sunday. So there we go. I've done my part. Let's get to our message today. I bet a post. There. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> ah, the Christian life. The Christian life. Is it lived out more with a compass or with a map? You know what a, a compass is? A compass is those things that you got in grade 7 or 8 and they, they give you those little, those little plastic things and it's a little red dial and, and you have them now on the phones. And I remember when they first come out with the compasses on the iPhones. Remember that? And it, like, you didn't know what to do with it. But iPhone just put it in. It was this neat thing, and it would actually show you where north is, and you just kind of stand there and go, oh, it's kind of neat. And, and it kind of walked around, and it kind of lets you know where north is. And they, they come out with them on cars, and it was really great. And if you are a north, south, east, or west person, you have the little balls, or you have that little indicator, and, and it lets you know whether you're going north or south. And so that, that's a way in which to find a direction. And then, of course, there's maps. And and, uh, uh, you know, when the first time when I get into a city, the first thing I do is, and when I get to a hotel, is i got to find a map. And so they have this wonderful map of, of Halifax and the harbor, and it's got all of the advertisement and the restaurants. And, and, and I know that, you know, today's day and age, we're talking about distracted driving. It's not new. Distracted driving has been going on for as long as there's been cars, because before there was the cell phone, there was the map. Now, you can imagine, for the, how many of you, any of those who are older, how many remember using the maps? Okay, so for the younger ones, this map, this is called a map. They put lines, and they named the streets after them, and you, you read, you read the map. And we would get in our cars, and we would lay the map on the steering wheel. How many know what I'm talking about? You want to talk about distracted driving, try driving down the road like this. We did it. We did it all the time. Is the Christian life a compass or a map? I want to talk to you today about God's will for your life. And you've been in this series on life hacks. And if you search the word life hack or, or Christian life hacks online, the internet is not exactly exploding with results, but that's because there's no way to really hack the Christian life. 
I want you to understand today, you can't hack the Christian life because the word hack means to modify or to cheat or to do something in a skill for a unique way uh, that kind of circumvents or short circuits the, 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 the process. And I want you to know today that if you've ever walked the Christian life for any length of time, there's no short circuiting the hard work. There's no way to modify prayer. There's no way to modify the way in which you get into the Word of God or spending time with God. There are no shortcuts to God's best plan for your life. Because God never promised you an easy life. He promised you an excellent life. God didn't call us to be comfortable. And He didn't design the Christian life to be easy. And many times in the Christian world we say, come to Jesus and you know what? He's going he's to ease your burdens. And yes, He eased your burdens. And come to Jesus and He's going to show you the way to live. And yes, He does all those things. But come to Jesus and He's going to give you this great and wonderful life. I can promise you that it'll be great. I can promise you it'll be wonderful. But I'm never going to promise you that it'll be easy or comfortable. And he didn't intend for us. He did, definitely did not intend for us to hack our way out of things that involve the deep, slow, transformative work of the Spirit of God in our life. And it's never more true than when it comes to the will of God. Arguably one of the greatest things that you and I will wrestle with after we settle the question of following Jesus Christ and surrendering our life to Him is, okay, I'm a Christian, now what? What's God's will for my life? What does He want? What does He expect? And, and what do I want? And, and do, is what I want, does that have anything to do? Is it okay to have a want? We have so many questions in life and so many decisions and, and they have huge consequences and we find ourselves constantly wondering about God's will in them. For, for true followers of Jesus Christ, I can also tell you today that that's never going to end. For some of you who have been serving Christ for six weeks or six months or six years and you look at some of us who have been serving God a little bit longer, you go, oh, I can't wait till I get to be like them because they'll have it all figured out. I can't wait because I'm trying to find out God's will for my life. And, you know, he's been serving God for 30 years, so he should have the will of God is all settled for him. Uh, 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 uh. I'm still searching each and every day for the will of God for my life and for the life of our church. There's hardly a month, there's hardly a day goes by that I don't get up and say, God, what is your will for my life today? What is your will for my life this week? Are you going to change things? And we have all kinds of decisions that we have to make. And, yes, not all decisions are equal. Some are less significant. What are we going to do this weekend? Cheryl and I had all kinds of decisions where we're going to go and what coffee shop we're going to drink in that Pastor Mike told us we had to go here and here and here and here. I've never had so much coffee in my whole entire life. <laughs> Goodness, he loves his coffee. Oh, like 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock last night. You want to have a coffee? No. <laughs> you crazy? Other decisions are pretty big. Should I date? Should I marry? Who should I marry? We've got some singles in the room. I asked a couple of girls earlier, I said, are you single? Are you married? And they were like, well, no, I'm, I'm single. I said, are you looking? And she just laughed at me. And she's laughing at me right now. And I'm going, the singles, do you want to get married? Okay, if you don't say yes, God is a rewarder of faith, I can tell you that. So you don't want to put it out there, God will go, okay, you want to stay single, I'll leave you there. Should I date? Should I marry? Who should I marry? Should we have kids? We have young couples here. When is the right time to have kids? How many kids should we have? Do we sell the house, buy the house, downsize? Older adults, when do you go to the condo? When do you sell that house? When do you, when do you change your life? Will we retire? Can we retire? How do we retire? We approach the topic sometimes when it comes to God's will as if it's lost. 
We talk about the will of God that we're trying to find it. It's like a, like a crossword puzzle or a where is Waldo. Like I'm trying to find the will of God. Like the will of God kind of went somewhere. Where did the will of God go? It was here, but now it's gone. Now I'm trying to find the will of God. In my younger years, I was always looking for the will of God for my life, whether it be daily or monthly or whatever, and I, I had the random finger method. I would take my Bible and I would, I would open it up and I would close my eyes and say, the will of God for my life is today. And I would stick my finger in and whatever that verse was, you know, and then I'd read, you know, and Samson, Samson lay with Delilah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's awkward. That can't be, that was, that's not God. Okay, we'll try it again. You know, and then there's the burning bush method, you know, where you're always looking for that sign. People say, when I'm trying to find the will of God, I'm looking for a sign. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for my burning bush, or I'm waiting for a blinding light. In other words, the will of God is this unexplainable, supernatural moment where God is going to surprise me, like jumping out of the closet or something, like, boo, there's the will of God, and all of a sudden, I'm going to have this moment. Other times we have, you know, the cast the fleece method, where, which requires, you know, we're testing God to see what he wants. And you know what? This is the God, if you will, I will. You know, God, if you do this and this and this, then I'll know that it's your will. But if you do this, then I know it's not your will. Or, you know, there's the open door method. I love this. We have, Christians have been doing this for years. Will a door open for me? So that must be God. Or the opposite, the closed door method. Well, the door closed. Because, I guess because the door closed that, that, that can't be the will of God. How many know that the enemy of your soul can open and close doors, doors just as easy as God can? You need to be very, very careful that you look at doors that are open or opportunities, and just because something is an opportunity for you doesn't make it God's will for your life any more than if something closes. We have a whole realm of Christians that have that have kind of lost vision and lost dream and lost tenacity and lost courage and lost the guts to actually step out and do something because the door closes and they go, well, I guess that's not what God wants for my life. When was the last time you went, you know what, I believe that this is what God wants and we're going to go kick some doors open. There were times when you were looking for this piece of, uh, when, when I know your pastor was looking for, for different properties or different places where to have services and, like, you know, and, and trying to decide you know, what God wants. And, and there'll be all kinds of challenges that Nova will come into and they'll go, well, well, well if, if God just opens a door, then it must be His will. There'll be some times when you'll be called to step out in faith and the door is closed and you're going to have to walk in and smash your face into the door a little bit before the door actually opens. What if, what if the will of God was never intended to be found? What if it was never lost? What if it was never hidden from us in the first, first place? What if God the Father has not sent His children like on a cosmic Easter egg hunt to discover His will while He sits in heaven going, you're getting colder, you're getting hotter, you're getting colder, you're getting hotter. What if searching for God's will actually misses the entire point of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? What if when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're in the center of His will? What if it's not something to be found, but it is something to be lived in? You see, you give your life to Jesus. Take, your li take my life, Jesus. I am yours. That's what we do. We ask Jesus into our heart. And we say, what does that mean? We're saying, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Take my life. And Jesus says, okay, don't mind if I do. And then you begin a journey 
of ups and downs and valleys and hilltops and good times and difficult times. And we twist and we turn with all of the circumstances that we're faced with. And how do I know if this is God? How do I know if this is the devil? How do I know if this is my poor choices? And talk about poor choices. God told me is one of the scariest misunderstood phrases that you will ever, ever come to when it comes to understanding the will of God. It is more abused, it is more misunderstood, and it can be one of the most manipulating phrases that you're ever going to, be, that you're ever, ever going to hear because how do you argue with God told me? You can't argue with God told me. And I'll tell you, I've been a pastor long enough to hear a lot of people say, well, God told me, and I'll walk away from them and I'll go, really? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. There is no way God told you that. Have you ever seen a $3 bill? Have you ever seen a counterfeit $3 bill? You see, here's the problem. Counterfeit always assumes a reality. Let me say that again. Counterfeit always assumes a reality. You don't counterfeit anything that's not real. And so to all of the doubters here today, I want you to understand when we talk about the will of God and everything that I'm unpacking to you today, the truth is God does speak to you. And if you're new to all this today, I want you to know in everyday things, in the big things, and the not so big things, God has a will for your life that God is infinitely greater than anything that you could ever dare ask or imagine, Ephesians says. And God's will for, for, God's will for your life is something that He wants you to know it more than you actually want to walk in it. He wants you to know His will more than you want to walk in it. The challenge is hearing it and understanding it. So I ask the question, is the Christian life lived out more like a compass or a map. And I want you to know today that I believe that it's somewhere in the middle. It is something that you don't accomplish. It's not something that you achieve and it's not a destination you arrive at. It's an experience. It's an everyday experience. And it's important to know the will of God. The reason why I want to know the will of God is because it reminds me that I belong to Him. The act of wanting to know His will reminds you. When you talk about, Lord, what is your will for my life today? What do, what do you want me to do today? It reminds you that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That God's opinion, Christ's opinion in your life actually matters. And it's what separates us from other people. We live for His desire and His will over our lives. Knowing that you're in God's will means that you're actually speaking and listening to Him. If you never heard God speak to you, you would have reason to question whether or not uh, He actually spoke to you. But Jesus said, my sheep recognize my voice and they follow me. And the idea here is that God not only speaks to His best children, He speaks to all children. Because sometimes we think, well, God only speaks to special people. God only speaks to the pastors. or God only speaks. I want you to know today that you are all special. And that God wants to speak to each and every one of you today, wherever you are. Parents, parents in the room, do you just speak to some of your kids or do you speak to all of your kids? Do you just speak to the favorite? Now I know there's brothers and sisters here and go, yeah, mom and dad, they speak more to, to my sister than that does to me. When we talk about God speaking to our truths, understand that, that God not only speaks to us in the good times, but God speaks to us in the bad times. Have you noticed when your kids are struggling that you find yourself speaking to them more? I can tell you this, the voice of God is often loudest when I'm struggling and when I'm arguing and when I'm rebelling. And the better you get to know Christ, the more you will recognize His voice as it speaks to you each and every day. So it reminds me that I belong to Him. It also is good for believing. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, 3, listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go, for He is the one who will keep you on track. You see, God doesn't want you to be ignorant on your journey. 
You see, ours is a world where we value finding your own way. And, and this is really big right now. We're saying, well, you know, you got to find your own way. you got to find your own identity. Just be who you are. You know what? There are no fences. There are no rules. We have this generation now that has absolutely no coping skills. And so self-medicating and alcohol and drugs and suicide, all these things because we're in this tolerant world and it's all-inclusive and we're obsessed with, with what we want to do and how we want to live. I want you to know today that there is a right and there is a wrong. And fear and anxiety that rules the day is a byproduct of everybody thinking that their path is the right path simply because it's their path. Have you ever gotten lost? When my girls were little, they're, they're bigger now, but when my girls were little, little we would go to the mall and, and I would say to them, now you've got to take daddy's hand because the mall was big and, and there was all kinds of people in there. And, and my Ashley, she was, she's a bit of an independent girl and so I would take her hand and, and I would, you know, I'd always feel her pulling. Like she, she didn't want to hold my hand and, and I'd say, no, you've got to hold on to daddy's hand and she didn't want to do it and then and, and she'd pull away and, and, and I'd say, okay, well now you just walk beside daddy. You don't have to hold my hand, but you have to walk beside dad and she would do that for a while and then I would just see her kind of, kind of straying away. And I thought, you know what, I've got to teach her to understand that she needs to walk beside her father on a regular basis. And so we were walking down the mall one day and, and, and she pulled her hand away and then she started to veer away, and as she was walking forward, I started walking backward. And she just kept walking down the mall, and all of a sudden she's weaving in and out of people. And there was, you know, there was a pillar, a colonnade, and, and as she gets about 10 feet away from me, I went. And I disappeared from her sight. And Ashley, she's just walking away there and, and then just kind of enjoying the people and the sights and everything, and all of a sudden she kind of goes. And she reaches up for the hand, it's not there and then she turns and she's looking for her father and she begins to panic and she starts to go daddy daddy and she screams out wanting to know uh, know where I was now you know where I was wasn't I I was right there did I ever take my eyes off her was I right there to be there in any moment absolutely but for her in that moment all she wanted to know was where her father was. I want you to understand today that when you cannot trace the hand of God, you can always trust his heart. When you cannot trace the hand of God and you go, God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me to this? I want you to know when you don't trace his hand, you can always trust his heart that he will always be there. The will of God helps us to understand that we belong to Him and He to us. It helps us to understand that there is a right and a wrong way. It helps us to have the confidence and the assurity that we don't have to live by fear and by anxiety. It also helps us to understand that we are becoming something better than we could be on our own. The reason why you want to understand and walk every day in the will of God is because there is a best path for your life. God has a best path for your life. And sometimes we don't always look for the best path because we're not convinced that the best path is actually the best path. And we, we think that the best path of God's path for our life is kind of boring. Or that it's going to cost me. Or that it's going to be kind of not what I really want to do. Like, you know what, I'm going to serve Jesus and I have to you know, go be a missionary in Africa. Or I'm going to have to, you know, I can't have nice things. Or that somehow it, God is going to make my life miserable. That if I surrender my life to Him, that the will of God for me is to be miserable. 
Some of you young adults and you're single and you say, well, I, you know what, I, if God asked me to be single and I don't want to be single, so if God's will for my life is to be single, how about the second best will of God? I, I'll take the second best will of God. I want you to understand today that the best will of God is the best path for your life. I'll often talk sometimes about the various plans, uh, wills of God. There's the perfect will of God. That is the ideal that be, before sin ever had its effect. That there was this perfect will of God that in the very beginning, before Adam and Eve ever sinned, there was a perfect will of God that God has an absolute ideal for your life. And that God looks for us to walk in that ideal. And that there is also a planned will of God that each and every day when you get up, God has a plan for your life. And that's why we encourage you to have devotions, why we encourage you to spend time every single morning with God. Because every day, God, what's the plan? To get up every morning and say, God, what's the plan for today? What is your plan for my life? But there's also times when we kind of go our own way and, and we have to set, and there's this permissive will of God where God says, you know what, my plan for you is to do this, but I'll let you to go here and I'll let you to go here. And there's sometimes when we get out of line and there's a leeway that He allows and He never coerces us, He never forces us, He allows us to have some freedom. There's other times when the passive will of God comes into play and God just says, you know what, I just want you to enjoy, I want you to have fun, I want you to create. I love the, the creativity that I, see, that I see at Nova because God just says, I want you to build the kingdom here in, in, in Nova Scotia. I want you to do something great here in Halifax. And then God says, I want you to take all of your creative juices and go nuts. I want you to do things that nobody's ever thought of because God is a creative God. And he says, my will for your life is for you to go in my permissive will. Go and just enjoy this world that I have given to you. The real question is how do we navigate all of these things in our own lives? So let me just encourage you in the meantime, we need to obey the written will of God first. Mark Twain once said, I have never struggled with the parts of the Bible that I don't understand. It's the parts that I do understand that are hard to follow. And so you cannot ask God for His will in your life in this area if you're disobeying God in this area. And a lot of times we're saying, well, what is your prayer concerns or what are your needs? Well, I want God to show me what He wants me to do with this and this and this. But there's this other nagging thing. And right now there's a nagging thing right now. And you're saying, don't touch that. Don't talk about that, Pastor. Whatever those things are, many times God says, you're wanting an answer here. You're wanting direction here. And I can't do that because you don't want to deal with this. And so there's a, there's a sense where we have to obey the written will of God in our lives. There's another sense where we also have to trust God with everything, even when it doesn't make sense. I've said this before, but it's so, happy for us, it's so easy for us to equate happiness and the ease of lifestyle with the will of God in our lives. And that when we're going through difficulties, that somehow we are out of the will of God. Or we can look at our friends and go, well, they're going through difficult times, so they cannot be in the will of God. I want you to know today when you look at Moses who wandered in the desert for 40 years or Joseph who was falsely accused and imprisoned, Daniel who was in the lion's den, Paul the apostle beaten, tortured, shipwrecked and each one of them were never more in the center of the will of God. Hear me today, you can have a little hell on earth and you can never be more in the center of the will of God today. So you need to take comfort today because sometimes you're going through some difficult times. You need to trust Him when it doesn't make sense and know that you can still be in the exact will of God and you're going, why am I going through this? We may not always have the answers, but if you can trust Him in these difficult times, then you'll prove Him as you move forward. I think the will of God is important for us to ask Him 
to show us a way when there is no way? Wouldn't it be easy if, when asking for God's will if He would just give it all out to you? So God, what am I going to be doing in next year? And, and I know that right now Nova's coming to your first year and then you're going to say, well, what does next year look like? And the next year, and what's the next five years? And, and I'm a man of vision and so I'm always planning and dreaming and creating and coming up with all of those things. But what if, what if those moments where God says, you know what? Even though you don't see a way, I want you to continue to walk forward step after step after step because many times the will of God is like having a flashlight. And if you were a kilometer away from home and you had a flashlight and you were to turn that flashlight on and you were to cast that beam, do you think it would go all the way to home? No, the will of God is often the distance that that beam of flash, that light will cast. It'll only cast about 10 feet and God's will for your life is to walk 10 feet. And if you can walk faithfully in that 10 feet, the next 10 feet all of a sudden begin to appear. And so many times that's how God will lead you. He will ask you to just to continue to walk by faith. I asked at the start, what if all the searching for God's will actually misses the entire point of what it means to be a disciple? I have learned over the years that there's no shortcut to the will of God. It's something that we just trust. And with faith and love and obedience, the will of God is something that is grounded in the way in which we cultivate our relationship with Him. So perhaps at the end of the day, the will of God is... More like Google Maps. It tells me where I am. It tells me where I'm headed. It, it watches out for what's ahead and warns me of the coming blocks and the obstacles. And it's always looking for the best route. Each and every day it's looking for the best route for me to follow. But it will never stop me when I change direction or go my own way. And when I stop, it waits patiently while I stop along that way. But here's the best part. No matter how far I get from the destination, no matter how far I stray from the best route, God is always recalculating and recalibrating a new best route. So if you're here today and you're saying, will of God, you, you, like Pastor Mike said, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what's going on in my family. My private life, if you knew what was really going on, I, I come to Nova, I come to church, but my, my, my journey is so messed up. I want you to understand today that you can still be in the center of the will of God and a complete mess. You can be in the will of God and suffer from difficult depression. You can be in the will of God and have very difficult um, difficult addictions and trials. Your marriage can be broken. Your kids can be lost. You can have all kinds of things going on and going, I cannot be in the will of God. And God says, you don't understand. I am always working out things in your life. And I am constantly recalibrating. I am constantly reworking the will of God. I am constantly bringing about the next best path, the next best route for your life. Because each and every day is a fresh opportunity to move forward in the will of God. So let me bring this home. Rick Warren said, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment or your peace of mind or even your happiness. Because that's what, that's what the world says. It's all about you. It's far greater than your family or your career or your wildest dreams or your ambitions. If you want to know why you are here on this earth, it begins with God. Because God has a purpose 
and a plan for your life. And if we focus on ourselves, we will never discover the reason for our existence. But if you will focus on Him and walking with Him each and every day, the will of God will unpack before you and you will discover that every day is a fresh opportunity to experience His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will for your life. And as you go about your day, God's will is always working around you in loving, in, in loving and, and wonderful ways. And His leading is, is unfolding simply and quietly in everyday ways. And if we can't walk in that, if you can't walk in the everyday ordinary ways, we'll never walk in the big stuff. And so I want to encourage you today. I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes. And if you're here today and you're saying, yeah, I'd really love to know what God wants for my life. I really would love to know where He wants me to go or what He wants me to do. I'd love for Him to help me to work out this relationship issue that I'm experiencing. Or uh, I'm so struggling, I'm fearful, I'm scared for my kids, I'm scared of what our future is going to have. If you're here today and you're saying, there is no way God wants me, that God will accept me, I want you to understand that God has a perfect plan for your life. For some of you, you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. And so the idea that God even has a plan for your life is so foreign to you. I want you to know that today could be the day that you begin a fresh new relationship with Him. And if you're here and you're so far away, you don't think that He'll ever, ever accept you. Today. Today you can discover the will of God for your life. So Father, I pray for everyone here. Lord, would you just bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. For those who are full of fear and anxiety today, may they know that the will of God is not lost. It's not something to be found. But the will of God is something to be walked in. That it's real. And that it's for them. Lord, I thank you for Nova Church that's casting this, this voice to the city of Halifax that God has a plan for their lives as well. Lord, may they not be weary in doing well in sharing the message to the hurting, to the lost, and to the dying. And may you bless this leadership team as they do. In Jesus' name I pray.